0: The verse that we're gonna be walking through across these weeks is Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so we're talking about the uh, wonderful counselor. I told Aaron, I was like, yeah, I can talk about wonderful counselor. That's fine. So let's just jump into just a couple of verses that talk about the Lord and his counsel. So, could we start us off? Yeah. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Okay. And Psalm 73, 24. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. And so uh, Isaiah 55 flushes this verse that he just read about counsel and then kind of um, being completed in glory. Isaiah 55, verse 11 starts with, My word shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And then the glory part, verse 12, For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands and so about probably 10 minutes into after i agreed to do wonderful counselor i started regretting that i took wonderful counselor <laughs> and wanted to change it but it was too late um but i realized that actually i'm okay with counselor like i get that like with the holy spirit and the counsel and do you know do this do that don't do this don't do that go this way Change this about yourself, and and for the purpose of sanctification, and you know, towards in the path of glory. So I get that, but wonderful man, I just I got really hung up on thinking about that because um, I mean, if we just think of basic Sunday school level examples, stories, Bible stories, um, Abraham and Isaac, Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt, David and Goliath, Jonah, Nineveh, Mary being called to be an unwed mother. Stephen, who was stoned for us. I mean, these are just basic examples that they were counseled and had to walk a path um, that I think, uh, yeah, it may have ended in glory, but I don't know that I would call that wonderful. And I don't know that they felt that it was wonderful always in that in the moment. And um, when I got really bitter about it and bitter at Aaron for asking me to do this, and mad at myself for accepting it was when I because I was thinking of examples in my own in my own life. Um when my dad passed, and it that resulted in a years long struggle of my having to reconcile who I thought God was with really who He is. Um there was a there has been a years long struggle for Eli and me with infertility and four miscarriages, um commonplace. So like three years ago, my husband had a Damascus Road moment uh, as he left our house where we had like literally a $15 coffee pot sitting on the uh, on the island or on the counter in our kitchen and God called him to open a coffee shop. And like these are, I mean, that was kind of has not been easy. And then even Commonwealth, all of you all are not being called to something. I mean, as part of this group, we're not being called are counseled in a way of ease. We're being called out of our comfort zones to people that um, don't aren't like-minded or maybe are in different places in life than us. And um, as I've already said, that's that's been a super huge uh, struggle for me. And so um, two weeks ago, well, no, last Sunday, at a fellowship, one of the pastors, J.C. Neely, said, God doesn't want to fix us. He wants to form us. So these examples that I look at in my own life that were not wonderful, that were hard. He doesn't need to counsel if I'm doing what I need to do. He's forming me. He's changing me. He's stretching me. He's challenging me to lead me to glory. And so it's contrary to my sin nature, to what I would automatically do. That's why I need his counsel in my life. And so, but none of these are wonderful. And so I started to dig deeper to see, like, why why are we describing him as wonderful in this, in this regard? So a little background about me is I went to school to be an English teacher, and I taught at the University of Tennessee. I taught English there for a number of years. And so I... What's the dictionary? Uh, I don't know Hebrew. I don't know Greek. And honestly, the English definition of wonderful racked me enough the past two weeks that I was fine to stop to stop there. So, um, But wonderful, which I think we usually equate in a positive way. So I would say, you look wonderful tonight. Or that show is wonderful. Uh, it's positive. But the definition actually uh, is astonishing Or marvelous, and even marvelous, we tend to think, oh, that's positive. But marvelous actually means supernatural. So astonishing and supernatural. So when we think about the wonderful counselor. And if we jump back to the verses before the whole sound of music, like trees clapping, mountains dancing, whatever uh, that was happening in Isaiah 55, um, it actually says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. So higher than yours, not yours. That fits with astonishing and supernatural. But there's a third definition of wonderful. It means unusually or uncommonly good. And so this wonderful does equate with good. But it's his good and not our good and what we would find necessarily to be good. And so if we go to after the my thoughts are not your thoughts, and I read it earlier, he says, My word shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And so I just also want to say, and I don't want to steal too much from where whatever Aaron's going to talk about with Mighty God, but the English teacher in me, when I was looking into this, I was just struck at how many times I found counsel and mighty together, paired together in various scriptures. So just to hit on just a few, Jeremiah 32 says, Oh, great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts great in counsel and might. Job 12, 13 says, with God our wisdom and might, he has counsel and understanding. Isaiah 11, 2 says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. And so I just began to, as I was kind of taking notes and saying, I just kept going back to why are these two, they tend to be paired together a lot, but How can we trust his counsel and how how can we even more trust that it is wonderful and for our good, unless we also Mm -hmm. believe him mighty enough to see it through in us? And so I just, I think that what I want to challenge you all with and what I've been wrestling with multiple times this week, thank you, Aaron Lloyd, um, is that I feel like um, that I would just challenge you in this time of reflection that we're going to have, to think about what is the Lord counseling you on, what is He calling you to? and do you trust that it is good and are you looking at it through the right lens of wonderful and, and his good, his uncommon, his astonishing good for you? Um, and then also, are you trusting that He is mighty enough. To see that through whatever he's calling you to do. And there may be some of you sitting in this room. I've been here at times for much longer than I would like to admit where honestly, I didn't hear the word. I didn't feel like my prayers were getting past the ceiling and I was kind of just doing the, just saying the words just because it was time to pray or bowing my head because it was time to bow. But I had a counselor advise me to just pray and ask the Lord to show up. She said, just start the prayer, show up. And, and, and I would just say, if you're in that and you're just not sure what is, where is the Lord counseling me? Is the Lord even asking anything of me? Just ask him to show you and then trust that he is mighty enough to do that and just wait on him to show up and to show you how he's going to accomplish this in your life. And so right now we're going to have a moment of reflection In communion, there are communion tables on either side with bread and you just dip into the juice. And I would just challenge you to use this time in this season of incredible busyness. um, The season when things are, are just, there's so much being asked from all directions to just pause for a moment. And instead of worrying about what everyone else is asking of you, what this season is asking of you, Um, What the expectations of our culture right now are asking of you or what is the Lord asking of you? How is he counseling you during this time?